Big tech, the media, the government colluded against who? You! Yay! Elon finds something following him. Mm. Red-headed stepchildren and Jay's face falls off live on camera. <laughs> Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Yes, I'm not dead yet. I'm back. I apologize. I know we missed a couple of streams, but uh, just right off the top here, I want to explain. <laughs> I am going through the probably the second worst case of eczema I have ever had in my life. I just want to be upfront and honest with you, tell you what's happening. Uh, it is all over my face, my neck, my arms, my lower legs. I will not be committing any major crimes in the next few weeks because I am dropping my DNA every moment of every day, no matter where I move. Now, I know it doesn't look that bad on camera because, you know, makeup and lighting and I'm in the television and film business, so I kind of know how to cover my butt or my face, as the case may be. But trust me, it's horrifically bad. And what they don't tell you about eczema is it doesn't just itch, it hurts. It actually is painful too. Uh, anyway, enough about me and all the gross stuff. I am alive, I'm kicking, I'm feeling great, doing good, and uh, we're moving along here. So yeah, we got all that and more coming up, including our book. Uh, I'm a bit also with a cold, so uh, we'll hit the cough button a lot tonight, but um, we'll see what happens. I'll get through it no matter what. <laughs> and also, we'll uh, try and get to our book tonight, too. We'll continue on with Bambi. It was right in a very exciting part of the book uh, when that came up. Well, she's still alive, too, and that's our favorite little furry friend. Miko update. <laughs> yes, Miko update. Miko is still in the middle of her cycle, although it's coming to the end, and uh, she's doing great. As a matter of fact, this was her earlier today. This is a, a gully that runs beside our house. It's covered in tile except a little opening spot here and there so we can clean it out. This is along the side and the back of the house. And we have these, well, they're they're actually like, what are they called? Screw squirrels? They're not squirrels. They're the Malaysian version of squirrels. I call them scrats because they look just like scrat from Ice Age. Exactly like scrat from Ice Age with a little... And we call I call them scrats. She knows the word scratch because you want to go chase the scrats? And she's like, oh, yeah, where, where, go. She is constantly in the backyard trying to chase the scrats. She sees them run in this gully here, and she will sit there literally for hours and just wait. Let's pop. There we go. She will sit there for hours and stare and wait for these things to run by and then try and catch them. So far, she's never caught one. She did catch a couple of rats in this uh, back area. Yeah, you know, back alleys and neighborhoods happens all the time. But uh, she hasn't caught a scrat yet. They're a little bit too clever for her, but she never gives up. She never, never gives up. So, uh, yeah, she's doing very well, having the time of her life. And uh, 
just downstairs relaxing at the moment. Our Miko update is, of course, brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com slash Miko. That's our special link, where if you go there, you will get a free month with a multi-month subscription. What's BarkBox? Well, it is a customized, themed box of goodies for your dog. You'll get one every month, depending upon how long you sign up for. You can just sign up for once. That's it. You're done. When you get it, trust me, you will immediately log in and sign up for more because they are so cool. It comes with uh, dog toys, dog treats, and a dog chew. Every month is a different theme, and their customer satisfaction second to none. If you are ever not happy with something, you get a hold of them, and they will make it right no matter what. You can specify how big your dog is, small, medium, or large, and they will adjust the box of toys and chews and things accordingly. Also, if your dog has any allergies, chicken fish, fish, beef, anything like that. There's a tick box. You can mark that down and they'll make sure you don't get that kind of product. They're all natural treats. They're very good for you. You could probably eat them yourself if you wanted to, but don't do that. And uh, the themes are absolutely amazing. There is a uh, Thanksgiving theme going on right now. This is the Gobble Gobble Given Thanks box. It almost looks like the Burger King logo, doesn't it? <laughs> they had Halloween, Harry Potter, an Italian placation, Stranger Things, Star Wars, you name it, Jurassic World. The NBA jackpot for all you gamblers out there. Look at these. Look at these. These are the kind of toys you get in this box. They're fantastic. And they all have little surprises and little crinkly and squeakies and things like that. Plus the chews and the uh, treats. It's well worth it. And you should check this out. It's BarkBox.com slash Miko. If you use that link, you will get a free extra month if you sign up for a multi-month subscription. You sign up for six months, you'll get seven. Twelve months, you get 13. And, uh, well, the one little piece of almost <clears throat> kind of bad news is this is only for our friends in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada because that's where they ship to. So, uh, yeah, if if you are in other places in the world, sorry, but there, there are ways around it. You can sign up for one of those ship uh, forward shipping services, or maybe you've got a friend in the U.S. or Canada that uh, you can have it shipped to them, and then they can just ship it back out to you, put a new label on it, and ship it to you wherever you might be. There's ways around it, all right? Anyway, please do at least check it out. Whether or not you sign up, that's up to you. I would appreciate it. It helps out the show a lot, but I want you to check this out and see what they offer. I think you'll be convinced to give it a go. It's BarkBox.com slash Miko, our special link. And do check them out over there at BarkBox. Thank you, BarkBox, for uh, sponsoring the Miko update. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, Our headline tonight from the Epic Times. Oh, my goodness. When, when, when will these people ever learn? Chances are never. Have they finished counting the votes in Arizona, by the way, yet? No? Oh, what is it? It's only uh, 2022, so give them another couple years. Okay, this is from the Epic Times. Uh, Read the whole article. We're just going to skim it a little bit here. But uh, big tech, media, governments, medical boards, all apparently colluded to suppress COVID dissent. That is according to a new study. It's just been confirmed extreme and unprecedented tactics were deployed, not necessarily against you and me, but against our doctors. An Israeli man receives his fourth dose 
as the Israeli hospital conducts a trial of the vaccine's fourth jab on its staff members. Governments, medical authorities, media outlets, big pharma, big tech, all colluding to censor medical professionals with differing views on COVID-19. By deploying a range of tactics, including uh, suppression of academic journals, online censorship, there's been a new study, censorship and suppression of COVID-19 heterodoxy tactics and counter-tactics. Sounds rather highfalutin. Well, they found that well-known scientists and doctors, these are not just, you know, Joe Doctor on the street, bag of donuts. These are well-known doctors and scientists. They were forced to find ways to circumvent the censorship and get the word out. Together, these five researchers behind the study said there were attempts to silence prominent medical experts on issues like the origin of SARS-CoV-2, mask mandates, the efficacy of drugs like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Can we mention that without getting banned? The usefulness of lockdowns and restrictions, the effectiveness of vaccines, whether vaccine mandates and passports were appropriate. The censorship targeted well-credentialed, highly accomplished mainstream doctors and scientists. Like I said, these are not fringe figures. Many of them leading experts working in prestigious universities and or hospitals, some of whom have authored books, published dozens, even hundreds of papers whose studies have been widely cited. The study involved a long-form interview with 13 doctors from different countries worldwide. Now, the tactics they used to try and maintain this uh, consensus, unprecedented compared to suppression of dissenting viewpoints in other areas like fluoridation, environmental studies, AIDS science. Some experts said medical outlets stopped interviewing them for comments and claimed they were defamed while being slapped with labels like anti-vaxxer, COVID denier, misinformation spreaders, or the biggie conspiracy theorists. Further, some reporting uh, having they reported having their social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Google, LinkedIn taken down. They just took down their accounts. One expert says they even experienced censorship on Google Docs. By the way, did you think that stuff you put in Google Docs is private and only you and who you give access to can see it? Eh, wrong. It ain't. Google Docs started restricting and censoring this guy's ability to share documents. An organization telling me I can't send a private communication to a colleague or a friend or a family member, experts told researchers. It is just unbelievable the lengths to which they went. And now, of course, it's all the chickens are coming home to roost. All the information is flowing out there. Big tech, major player in censorship, Facebook, Google, Twitter. Although Twitter, probably less now because thank you, Elon. Um, Another example occurred in 2021. 
LinkedIn and Twitter both removed the accounts of Dr. Robert Malone. Of course, we all have heard of him. Internationally renowned virologist. Involved, he was actually involved in the development of the mRNA vaccines. So if anybody's going to know about the inside stuff, it would be Dr. Malone. And he was badly censored. And all at the behest of the medical community, bigwig people, CDC, government bodies. It's just unbelievable. Read the whole article. I'm not going to read much more of that. But uh, it's, uh, it just keeps going and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And <laughs> the more you know, the more you know. Remember that? Who was that? ABC or CBS? I forget. Anyway, follow up on this. Check out the link. It's in our show notes tonight. That's our description down uh, down below down there. All right. Elon Musk, speaking of which, is being followed. But not in the way you might think. This is weird. This is from uh, webeducation.com. Elon Musk has revealed that SpaceX cameras keep detecting something huge during their missions. Yeah, this is a weird one. Take a look at this picture. SpaceX cameras keep detecting uh, this object, whatever it is. SpaceX just launched their Starlink mission. The company is saying the following SpaceX is targeting Saturday, May 15th. This is a rather old article from a few months ago. Uh, Launching aboard Falcon 9, the instantaneous window, 6.56 p.m., backup opportunity available Sunday, 52 Starlink satellites on board that mission. And it's very weird. Something has been detected during their missions following them. And it's always there. There is a video attached to this article, so you want to check this out. It's in our show notes. You know, the cool thing, I think, with Elon is if this turns out to be something otherworldly, Elon is going to not waste any time in releasing that kind of information. He will stick that out there in spite of what the government or the Department of Defense or the Pentagon or anybody else has to say about it. If he sees something like that, he will be the first one posting a tweet with pictures, which is good news. We actually might get some truth about what's out there uh, instead of the the usual government cover-up. So anyway, check out the video and the link. It's in our show notes. You can find out more about this uh, rather strange thing that's been following Elon's SpaceX ships when they go out there. Weird. (sighs) All right. Uh, and a little break. For, well, actually, we've got such a weird a weird collection of crap tonight. So stay with me, would you? Uh, this is so cool. Sean McCracken, dear friend of mine from back in my uh, hometown, shared this amazing find. And the link is in our show notes. you got to check it out. Look at this. This, I know the leave season is pretty much over in, you know, the parts of the world that have the color and fall colors change and all. But this just from uh, a short while ago, this is what an artist does when he rakes the lawn. 
take a look at this. If you're listening to the podcast, sorry, guys, this is a visual, but the link is in our show notes, so check it out. Uh, you can click on it, should open in a new window, and you won't get away from the podcast. Look at that. There's a bunch of these. Absolutely amazing. Instead of just raking the leaves all into a pile, they've taken the leaves and made all these wild geometric designs. Look at that. That is absolutely breathtaking. That is incredible. Not very difficult to do either. Get creative with your front lawn. Why not? Take a look at that. With the colors of all the leaves and then the designs. It's absolutely amazing. That is incredible. That's wild. All right. Saw that. Just had to share it. Just one of those, one of those well, this is cool. <laughs> Why not? All right. What else we got going? Oh, I got a really cool one for you. <laughs> with my, uh, we talked about my eczema and my face falling off. I found this. You know, Facebook, by the way, lately has been just, it sucks. I mean, they're losing money left and right. This whole bullcrap with Meta and Zuckerberg's insistence on VR, which nobody likes, everybody hates. It's never taken off. It never will, ever. But, you know, he was so convinced. My Facebook feed is basically, it's Shiba Inu's. And whatever I recently clicked on, oh, and a bunch of ads, and that's all I get in my Facebook. I don't see, I, I see maybe 10% of all of my friends' posts, sadly. But um, I did see a bunch of, this is National uh, Native American Month in the U.S., and uh, the original First Nation people, uh, whom we love a lot, and because there was some powwow videos that I clicked on, because I love watching the uh, the powwows and the dancing with the Native Americans. Fantastic. It's so inspiring. If you get a chance, check it out. But uh, so a bunch of indigenous people postings came up in my timeline, most of which were interesting, but, you know, okay, enough is enough. I did see this one, though, and I loved it, especially given my current state of affairs. It's a bit of a saying. It's from Indigenous Civilization. Shows a Native American woman. And here's what's written. You'll love this. Time is running out for me too. And life has left scars on my face. Though my body is growing old, my soul will always stay young. The day will come when I too will cross that bridge. And leave this earthly life behind. But as long as you remember me, I'll live in your heart. My soul will stay with you. You'll see my face in the rising sun. My eyes in the stars that look down on you every night. How nice is that? Good thoughts. Very good thoughts. Saw that, had to share it. The link is in our show notes. And uh, if you'd like to uh, check it out and share it with your friends, by all means, do that. Absolutely brilliant. Nice piece. And uh, let's, oh, <laughs> they've had some, you know, we've had flooding here in Malaysia lately because it's been raining every day, multiple times every day. Heavy duty rain, rain all over the place. And with that, of course, because these idiots keep cutting down the jungle, keep clear-cutting the forests, 
and then keep wondering why all that muddy rainwater comes washing out. It's not rocket science, you morons. Anyway, Florida has its own share of flooding problems. And that's not all they have in Florida. Florida's got some... I lived in Florida for five years. Now, granted, I was in Key West, Florida, the southernmost island in the uh, U.S. It was about 90 miles above Cuba, if you're wondering where it's located. It's uh, right off the tip, the whole, uh, you know, Florida. Of course, Ron DeSantis, yay. Uh, Well, there's an island chain that hangs off the bottom of Florida. It's called the Florida Keys. And the last one down is Key West, which is where I stayed. And uh, (laughs) take a look at what happened when the floodwaters came up over a fence and then they receded. Yeah, that's not something I'm going to want to think about before I go to sleep tonight. Look at that thing. That is some scary stuff. Now, it's an alligator gar, basically what it is. People didn't know, but the alligator gar is a ray-finned, urohaline fish related to the bowfin in the infra-class holister. It is the largest species in the gar family. Uh, It is a freshwater fish in North America. The fossil records trace its uh, group's existence back to early Cretaceous, over a hundred million years ago. And you can tell from looking at this thing, it looks like it's a hundred million years old. Look at the teeth on that thing and the size of the mouth. It is like an alligator, but it's a fish. I don't know what threat, if any, it poses to humans, but I don't want to be swimming in the same lake with this thing. And it's fresh water, too. This is not some sea creature. That is scary. (laughs) Unbelievable. All right, just a couple more things to go here. Then we're going to get uh, get on with our uh, our book. Uh, We'll continue on with Bambi. What else have we uh, got? Oh, yeah. I promised you the red-headed stepchild. Look, you can't tell now. Where's the other camera? There we go. It's it's pretty much gone. My hair is now what's left of it. Mm, brown. If you if I'm in the sun, you can see some red highlights. But when I was a kid, my hair was carrot top red. It was that coppery red color. Mm, my whole family, my mom is a redhead and uh my dad was more a brown brunette kind of thing, uh, brown. Um, but my whole family had different levels of red of one kind or another, with the exception, I think, of my brother Michael, who was blonde with a little bit of red in there. But uh, Bonnie was a dirty blonde, strawberry blonde. Kathy was a bright redhead, copper redhead. And Penny is the one, God love you, Penny, who had the, the bright bright red hair, the hair that you all think of your red-headed stepchildren. Well, uh, with that, it comes from the Irish in my heritage, I'm sure. But take a look at this. There was a redhead festival in Ireland, home of the redheads. And look at that with the green eyes. Wow. This is like the hair my sister Penny had. I don't know if she still does or not. Probably. But, uh, oh, man, 
absolutely incredible. If you got a thing for carrot tops, look at that. Wow. Now there is some red hair. <laughs> this is great. And there is a crowd shot. If you're listening to the podcast, check out the link in our show notes. <laughs> that is amazing. And of course, they're all wearing green because it contrasts with the red hair. That is amazing. A red-headed festival where only a red-headed festival could possibly take place in Ireland. Gosh and bigora, as they say. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, one more, and we're going to get on to Bambi. And that is a post from Alvin Tan. It's a public post. Thank you, Alvin. We love your stuff. And it is, it's very cool. English. The King's English. Or, yeah, I guess it'd be the King's English now, not the Queen's English anymore. Uh, full of contradictions, and here are some funny ones. Some words in English that kind of don't make sense, but they're legit phrases. Found missing, open secret, a small crowd, <laughs> act naturally, mm, which was also a song, by the way, clearly misunderstood. You think about these, they make no sense at all. Fully empty, seriously funny, only choice. Original copies. Oh, we hear that one all the time. Exact estimates. That's true. These are real. You hear them in everyday business. A tragic comedy. Foolish wisdom. Liquid gas. Mm, yeah, that's not going to work. Working holiday. Oh, we have a lot of those around here. And, of course, the newest one added to the list in just the last couple of years, social distancing. Again, one of these things is not like the other. Remember that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Social distancing. All right. Are you ready, folks? You ready to continue on with Bambi? We read books on this show as a part of what we do. We have done that since almost the very beginning of, uh, of the Jay Sheldon show. And uh, we are continuing on tonight. We've been doing Bambi. The original was written in German by Felix Sultan. And uh, the book follows along with the only animated version of Bambi that's ever really been done. And that was the Disney film from back in uh, the 60s. I remember watching that uh, at the Skyview Drive-In in Torrington, Connecticut, with the little, the little speakers that sounded like this. Yeah, remember those? It was a horrible sound system, but it was a lot of fun to watch films at the drive-in. And uh, so we're going to uh, continue on. As you know, in our last episode, man, and not just one man, but he had come into the forest and was wreaking havoc everywhere. Bambi trying, or Bambi's mother, trying to save Bambi, uh, told him to run and don't stop no matter what. And we'll continue on now with the story of Bambi. Now, said his mother. 
straight ahead and don't come too close behind me. With one leap, she was out of the woods, so that the snow merely threw up a few flakes. Bambi hurried after her. They were attacked by the sound of thunder from every side. It was as if the earth had been ripped in half. Bambi saw nothing. He ran. The urge to get away from this tumult had been accumulating away from the steam of the storm that whipped up everything, from the gathering urgency to flee, the wish to save himself. All these were now unleashed. He ran. It seemed to him that he saw his mother fall, although he didn't know whether she really had done. He felt a veil around his eyes. It had been thrown over him by the fear of the thunderclaps, booming all around him, which had now broken out. He was unable to think, unable to see. He ran. The clearing was now behind him. A new thicket took him in. From behind him came another shout, another sharp thunderclap, and in the twigs above him there was a very brief rattling and a spray of hailstones, and then it became quieter. Bambi ran. A pheasant with a twisted neck lay dying in the snow, twitching its wings weakly. As he heard Bambi approach, he stopped his spasmodic movements and whispered, "'It's finished.' Bambi paid him no attention, continued running, looking for a path. He kicked around himself impatiently. Over here, called someone in a broken voice. Bambi had no choice but to follow it and immediately found himself in a place where he could walk. But in front of him, somebody was struggling to get to her feet. It was the hare's wife. It was her who had called. Do you think you could give me a little help? She said. Bambi looked at her and was shocked. Her rear legs dragged lifeless through the snow, which was once again red and beginning to melt from the warm blood that dropped from her. She said, Do you think you could give me a little help? She spoke as if she were perfectly all right, relaxed, almost gay. I don't know what's happened to me, she continued. It's certainly not anything important, but... At the moment, I I can't walk. As she spoke, she sank down onto her side, and she was dead. Bambi once again was horrified, and he ran away. Bambi! He stopped abruptly. That was one of his own people. He heard it again. Bambi, is it you? There was Gobo, stuck helplessly in the snow. He had no strength at all, couldn't even get onto his feet. He lay there as if he'd been buried and merely raised his head weakly. Bambi went over to him to some agitation. Where's your mother, Gobo? he gasped. Where's Feline? Bambi spoke quickly, agitated, impatient. In his anxiety, his heart continued to beat hard. Mother and Feline had to go, answered Gobo in despair. He spoke gently, but as earnest and wise as a grown-up. They had to leave me lying here. I've had it. You've got to go too, Bambi. Get up, Bambi yelled. Gobo, get up. You've been resting long enough. There isn't any more time for that. Get up, come with me. No, 
Just leave it, Bambi, answered Gobo quietly. I can't stand up. It's impossible. I wish I could come with you. You know that, but I'm just too weak. What's going to happen to you then? Bambi persisted. I don't know. I expect I'll die, Gobo sim said simply. The shouting started again, and the sound of it came over to them. Between the shouts, new thunderclaps. Bambi was alarmed. They were rapid bangs and cracks from the undergrowth. Rumblings sped across the snow, and in among the uproar, young Carus came galloping over to them. Run, he called when he saw Bambi there. Don't just stand there. Anyone who can still run, run. He went past them in an instant, and his headlong flank yanked Bambi along with him. Bambi was hardly aware whether he'd started running again or not, and it was only a while later that he said, Farewell, Gobo. But by that time he was already too far away, and Gobo could no longer hear him. He ran through the woods, penetrated by the noise and the thunderclaps that seemed to be seeking him out. He ran around until it was evening when darkness swept down and it became quiet. There was a soon a light wind blowing, helping to blow away the horrible storm that had been raging far and wide. But the terror remained. The first person Bambi saw, whom he knew was Rano. His limp was worse than ever. Over here, where the oaks are, Rano said. The fox is there. Lying wounded. I've just come past him. It's terrible the way he's suffering. He's biting at the snow and in the earth. Have you seen my mother? Bambi asked. No, answered Rano shyly and quickly went away. Later in the night, Bambi came across Mrs. Netla with Feline. All three were very glad to see each other. Have you seen my mother? Bambi asked. No, replied Feline. I, I don't even know where my mother is. No, said Mrs. Nettler cheerfully, and that's a fine mess for me. I was glad when I didn't have to put up with children any more, and now suddenly I've got two of them that I've got to look after. Thanks a lot. Bambi and Feline laughed. They started talking about Gobo. Bambi told them how he'd found him. And that made them so sad they began to cry. But Mrs. Netlow wouldn't allow them to cry. You've got to see that the most important thing now is to find something to eat. It's unheard of. We haven't had a bite to eat all day. She led the two of them to a place where there was still some greenery, hanging low and still not quite dried out. Mrs. Netlow was exceptionally well-informed. She did not touch anything herself, but urged Bambi and Feline to take a good meal. At places where she knew there was grass, she pushed the snow aside and ordered them, Here, here's a good place. Or she'd say, Wait, we can soon find something better than this. But between giving this advice, she would grumble. This is so stupid. Children are so much trouble. Suddenly... They saw Auntie Ena coming, and they ran up to her. 
Auntie Ina, Bambi exclaimed. He was the first to have seen her. Feline was beside herself with joy and jumped up to her. Mother! But Ina was crying, and she was dead tired. We've lost Gobo, she lamented. I've been looking for him. I've been to his sleeping place out there in the snow where he collapsed. It was empty. He's gone. My poor little Gobo. Mrs. Nettler grumbled. You'd do better to try and find out which way he went. That would be more sensible than crying. There are no tracks to show which way he went, said Auntie Ina. But he, he left lots of tracks. He was there where Gobo was sleeping. They were all silent. Then Bambi asked timidly, Auntie Ina, have you seen my mother? No, replied Auntie Ina quietly. Bambi was never to see his mother again. Wow. That's the end of chapter 11. My goodness. We will continue on with chapter 12 on our next stream on Monday night. That's an emo one. My goodness. I remember watching the, uh, the animated film. And that was the moment. That was the moment. All right. Hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with me uh, and putting up with me. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll see you again on Monday night, ten o'clock. Please do like and subscribe and follow. We are live on Facebook, Twitch.tv, YouTube, and of course our main channel at Rumble.com, where you'll find us every day that we do a show, and that's usually Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. All right. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening and watching in, and uh, see you on Monday. Good night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show.